Hi, this is Gary Washburn, pastor of Grace Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning to our podcast today. Our hope is that this message inspires you and builds your faith. For more information about Grace Tabernacle and our ministries, please go to gracetab.org and like us on Facebook. Now, may the message feed your soul. I guess I'm supposed to preach next, right? I'll tell you a story that I told the folks Wednesday night. So how many of you were here Wednesday night? Raise your hand. All right, listen to him. I'll give you some instructions. You're going to hear the same joke, but I want you to act like you never heard it. <laughs> Don't let on. Little boy wanted $100 very badly, and he prayed for weeks. Nothing happened. Then he decided to write God a letter requesting $100. When the postal authorities received the letter to God, they decided to send it to the president. The president was so amused that he instructed his secretary to send the little boy a $5 bill, figuring that this would appear to be a lot of money to a little boy. The little boy was delighted with the $5 bill, and he sat down to write a thank you note to God. Dear God, thank you very much for sending money. However, I noticed that for some reason you sent it through Washington, D.C., and the government deducted $95 in taxes. That sets it up for what I'm going to talk about today a little bit. And one more, because I want to save lives. What was that, Mrs. Washburn? <laughs> Sarcastic? A recent study at a university, after millions of dollars was given to them by the government to do this research, a recent study at the university came out to find that, that women who put on a little extra weight actually live longer than the men who mention it. <laughs> millions of dollars. Trying to save lives here. Don't mention it. We're talking about heaven. That's our backdrop. Heaven is our home. We've been doing a series on the subject of heaven since January. And Lord willing, we'll continue through the end of uh, April, uh, after, even after we have our anniversary. And today with this series, I'm going to talk about how you can take it with you. You've probably heard the old saying, you can't take it with you. You never see a hearse with a U-Haul behind it and all that kind of stuff. Well, I hope to change your mind today because I believe that Scripture teaches us that you can take some things with you. And I want to start off with a story that Jesus told. You may remember there was a man who worked for his employer, and he was in charge of a lot of his accounts and money and all that kind of thing. And... Uh, the, his employer, his boss, found out that he'd been squandering some of his money. So he brought him in and says, I want you to give an account for everything. And uh, then you're fired. Get out of here. So the guy went back and he's cleaning out his desk. And he noticed a couple of invoices from his boss's clients. And he decided to call one of them up right away and said, hey, how many gallons of olive oil do, do you owe uh, my boss? He said, uh, 100. He said, I'm going to write on your bill 80, and you can sign it. And he said, well, gee, thanks. I appreciate that. 
He called up another client of his boss and said, How many uh, barrels of wheat do you owe? He says, A thousand. He says, I'm going to write on your bill that you owe 800. And he said, Great, that's awesome. Thank you. He said, You can sign it. And then when his boss found out what he had done, since he didn't actually steal the money which he'd have gone to prison for, but he actually gave money away, the boss's money away, the boss wasn't really angry with the steward. He said, he's pretty sharp. He's pretty smart. He was shrewd enough to know that he's going to be bailed out. He's going to be put out on the street. He knows that physically he's not able to do manual labor. And he was smart enough to make friends with my money so that when he got out, he could go to them for some favors. And Jesus tells this story to us to teach us something very valuable. And he said in Luke chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, he said, For the son, Jesus said, For the sons of this world are wiser in their own generation than the sons of light. I say unto you, Make friends for yourself by means of the wealth of the unrighteous, so that when it fails, they will receive you unto eternal dwellings. Jesus never commended this unjust steward for his morals. He's talking about how shrewd he was to see an opportunity to use money to help him for his future. And Jesus lifts this story off, the, probably the newspaper, and tells it to bring about a difference that we can make about eternal things. If you're an investor, you need to pay close attention. If you invest in things, stocks and bonds and gold and precious metals and all those things, you need to listen closely because I hope today to change your opinion about money and material things, to look at it God's way. I'm going to share some kingdom principles. Number one, principle number one, Money is loaned to us. It's not owned by us. Thank you for all those amens. Well, I worked for my money, and I did this, and I did that. Yeah, 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 I hear you. God has a different perspective about money. He says it's loaned to you. You don't own it. And it's interesting. Christians who do not have this right perspective from God about money are missing out on the blessings that God wants to give them because they have the wrong perspective of money. God wants to bless you, but if you think you own your money, He's limited what He can do for you. People think, well, you know, I give a tithe, that belongs to God, 10% belongs to God, and the rest of it I can spend any way I want to. That's why you're not blessed. Well, I'm tithing, well, you're blessed for tithing, but that's only keeping the devourer off of you to some degree. But there's blessings that God wants to give you abundantly that you cannot have yet because you have the wrong perspective of money. You think you own it. You think it's yours. None of it is yours. Don't wait till you die to find that out. None of it is yours. It's on loan for you. Notice in verse 16 
what Jesus said in verse 16. Can you give me, there it is, verse 16, verse 16, there it is, okay, verse 12 rather. He says, if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is what? Another's. Who will give you that which is your own? He's talking about money. Money does not belong to you. It belongs to God. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. It belongs to God. And if you don't change your perspective, then you're limiting the blessings that God wants to bless you with. You know, when I get a paycheck from the church, I find out real quick that money is not mine. The federal taxes are taken out right away, so some of my money that I think is mine is already taken by the federal government. And then there are other things. There are bills to pay. I have a house, and I have a car, and things like that. And I find out quickly that my money is not really mine. It's going to another. And if you have grandchildren, you found out your money goes to another. And great-grandchildren, can I have an amen from all the grandparents? If you play the game Monopoly, you find out, okay, you play this Monopoly game and you try to acquire all the property you possibly can because the more property you get and the more houses, the more hotels and all that, the more likelihood your future is going to be good and you could win the game. But at the end of the day, when you're done playing the game, you have to take all the money, all the hotels, all the property, and you have to put them all back in the box because it's not yours. That's true. That's what you find out about life. That's why God wants us to understand money is loaned. It's not owned, and you need to understand that. Second principle we're going to look at is money... Number two, should be changed into a lasting investment. We transmute, we change money into things. We buy a car, we have money, and we change it into paying for a car. Or we buy a house, we take money, and then we exchange it, buying clothes or food or whatever else you, you want to do. And so money is changed. But it can be changed into a lasting investment. It's interesting, in the Middle Ages, scientists in the Middle Ages thought that they could come up with a chemical that would take things made of lead and turn them into gold. And they tried and they searched to try to find something, some kind of chemical that they could pour on lead and it would turn lead into gold. And they never... They never found it. They were trying to change gold or lead into something else more valuable. And we do the same thing today. We exchange money into houses. We exchange money into cars or clothes or food or whatever. And people who are investors are always doing that. They watch the markets. When the stocks are down, they change from stocks to something else. Or they buy precious metals or they buy gold. Have you seen the economy? I buy my gold from Roslyn Capital. <laughs> Roslyn Capital. 
William, we do not care where you buy your gold. Get off of television. I hate that commercial. I buy my gold. Shut up. That's just me venting. It's almost as bad as Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. MyPillow.com. Buy pillow. We don't want your pillow. We would have bought it. I feel better now. Thanks for coming to my therapy session. We change money into things. We change money into goods and so forth like that. And Jesus is trying to point out to us that we can actually change temporary money things into something that's eternal. Look at Luke 16, 9. He says, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth so that when you fall short, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. In other words, eternal things. Things are going to last beyond this life here. You know, Paul was in prison. And when Paul was in prison, the church at Philippi sent him some money. They knew that he needed some help, so they took up an offering, and they sent him a big offering. And this is what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.17. He said, not that I desire your gifts. I appreciate your gifts. But what I desire is that more be credited to your account. In heaven, eternally. Yes, I appreciate the money, and it helps, and you got to have it while you're here. But more than that, I am thrilled that I know that this is going to go into your account in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You change money into things that are going to be eternal. There was a princess, a European princess, who married a prince and he loved her so much that he gave her some extremely valuable jewels and he noticed that even after he gave her this gift that she was sad and he said don't you like these rare and beautiful jewels she said oh yes they're 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 lovely but my heart is burdened because i see all the street children who are orphaned and i I don't have any money of my own, but I want to build an orphanage for these children because they're on the street. They're not, they don't have food. They don't have families. They're not taught about the Lord. I want, to, I want to do this. just heavy on my heart. Would you mind if I sold these jewels? He said, wow, that, that's kind of painful. I, I, I searched the world over for these, and I got them especially for you. She said, would you please allow me to do that? And he said, okay. And one day he came back to the palace, and she was just elated and joyful and happy. And he said, what's going on? She said, I found my jewels. I found them today in the eyes of children who now are being fed. Now, children who are being taught about Jesus, children who are off the streets, I found my jewels. She, she wanted to exchange. She made the exchange. 
she learned what I'm trying to teach you and me today, you can take it with you. You can. While you're here, you can make a big difference and take it with you. Martin Luther, the great reformer, had a quote. He said, I have held many things in my hands, and I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Money is loaned. It's not owned. Money needs to be changed into a lasting investment. You know, when you give money to the church, and this is not about giving money to the church. It may sound like it, but it's not. You'll see in a moment what I'm talking about. When you give money to a church, it's like putting money in a mutual fund. There's so many different accounts. It may go to help the food pantry. It may go to help Karis Bible College. It may go to help uh, certain things so that we can do certain things and buy materials for Bible study and have socials and do all this kind of stuff. So when you give money to a church, it goes to a variety of things and it serves a lot of different needs it you know i couldn't do what i'm doing here uh well i guess i could if i was bivocational or something but for the most part uh i tried to be bivocational um several years uh ago when the church was down to 99 people it was a rough time and uh <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this <laughs> we were in waffle house one day Johnny's house there, Johnny. Yeah, that's his other house. And uh, I was just enjoying the diner atmosphere where people just seem to be happy, the waitresses, the chef, the cooks, the shorter. They just seem to be having a great time. And I thought, this is marketplace ministry. I wouldn't mind working here as a short-order cook, flipping eggs, and be kind of a stealth evangelist. At Waffle House. I thought about that. And then I told my wife, I said, I think it'd be kind of fun in case, you know, the church can't support us anymore. You know, they got good benefits. So I called the manager over and I told him, I said, I'm a pastor. I work at a church. And, you know, my, my idea would be to work here, but be an evangelist and minister to people and love people. And, you know, and I love the atmosphere here. And he said, man, I'll hire you. He said, I'll hire you and I'll work with you. You can come here and you can go to church on Sundays and Wednesday. I'll hire you in a heartbeat. And he really pressed me for that, you know. And uh, lo and behold, I, I was thinking about doing that. And I didn't tell anybody but Pam. And uh, I was talking to a friend one day, and he pulled out a memory verse on a card. And uh, I wish I'd have put it up on the screen for you. The memory verse on the card. He says, I'm, I'm focusing on this verse today. And I said, what is that? He said, it's not good for us to go wait on tables and ignore being devoted to the Word of God in prayer. I said, I heard you, Lord. And so I threw that away. See, we have an idea of what we think we're supposed to do and try to fix problems and all that. God's got His idea. His idea was to stay put. I'll fill the house. Look around today. There was 99 people here. And I said in my mind, if we ever get below 100 people, I'll know it's time to move on. Well, God didn't tell me that, but I said that. 
And God said, I heard you. No, your assignment is to stay put and do what I've told you to do. My, my job is to provide for you so you can do what you're supposed to do. Amen. Not you provide for you. So, I'm not at Waffle House today. And I even took away my uh, application to be a Walmart greeter because I know I can do that. Fact. I was going to have today, I hoped to have a lawyer to be here today to stand up and I could introduce to you a lawyer that does wills and trusts because that's a specialty for lawyers. And it just did not work out. Two of them I tried, it just didn't work out. So what I wanted to say to you is that one of the things that we all should consider is that when we do our wills or trust, you ought to consider putting a tithe of your estate into the church. You can give it to all your kids if you want to, and they're going to take it and squander it, and it'll be gone before you know it, and they're going to sell all your valuables in a, in a, in a yard sale. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying... I would urge you to think about that, that, you know, I want to leave a tithe to my church so that after I go, this church can continue. And I think that's a godly thing. And I, I'm going to urge you to think about that, pray about that, and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. I don't have a lawyer here today that can help you with that, but there are plenty of them that are available. Money is loaned to us. It's not owned. Number two, money is changed into a lasting investment. But number three... Money test. Money is a test for greater privileges. Look what Jesus said. He who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. Money is a test. Notice that Jesus said money is a little thing. That's not what the world thinks. The world thinks money is a big thing. But Jesus said it's a little thing. This is the only place. In all eternity, you're going to have to deal with money. It's a test. The world says it's a big thing. The world will kill people for money. People will give their bodies in exchange for money. Families actually feud over wills and estates that are left behind over money. The world says money's a big deal. And Jesus said it's a little thing. But it's a test. It's a test. What will you do with it? If you're faithful with that little thing, he said, then you can be trusted with, with greater things. Money is a little thing. Number four, money is to be your servant. Money is to be your servant or it will become your master. It's interesting that Jesus said he concluded this incredible teaching with Matthew 16, 15. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. You can't. So, we're talking about investing. We're talking about when you leave this planet, will there be some kind of eternal reward 
in heaven based upon how you have managed the money that belongs to another while you're here. What you do with it. The world says you can't take it with you, but God says, yeah, you can. You can take it with you. And last but not least, the last principle is this. Money must be used for God's purposes or it'll be lost forever. Must be used for God's purpose or it's lost forever. In Germany, after the war with Adolf Hitler and he had lost, Germany was in ruins. Buildings devastated by bombs. There were refugees wandering the streets. It was a terrible time and it looked like it's going to take years to rebuild Germany to make it livable again. There was a little lady, older lady, who had lived through that time and her passionate desire in her heart was to start a Bible school just outside of Frankfurt. And she saved her money all through the war and all through that time and she finally, near the end of her life, had enough money to start a Bible school. She found a man capable of building that Bible school, never going to teach people about Jesus. And she gave him her money in 1948, I think it was, on a Sunday. And she was so happy, now she's going to see her dream come true. She's going to build a Bible school for people to know about Jesus. And that day, that Sunday, 1948, the new government of Germany declared the German mark worthless. And the builder, with tears in his eyes, had to tell that lady, ma'am, all this money you saved is worthless. The new government has declared this money worthless. Had you done it sooner, it would have been done. But you waited too long. I'm speaking to all of us. The Bible says as, as you have opportunity, you're not always going to have, a, as you have opportunity to do good, do it while you have opportunity to all men, but especially of them of the household of faith. When you have the opportunity to bless, when you have the opportunity to make a difference, when you have the opportunity to put money somewhere where it's going to start a ministry or do something like that, you better take advantage of that. You can wait too long. And it'll all be over with. You know, one day, all the money that we have could be declared worthless. Precious metals, gold, all of that. Scripture says in 2 Peter 3.10, but... The day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and all of its works will be burned up and lost forever. All of it. Lost forever. Someday, everything here that we think is valuable will be a big fat zero. But we have opportunity today. While it's today, 
you can take some of it with you. My goal in this morning was to change your opinion about money. It's loaned. It's not owned. It's your servant. It's not to be your master. I tell people this, and they look at me like I'm crazy when I say, don't ever take a job for money. You've cheapened yourself. Don't ever work for money. God knows you need money. You have a job because you believe that's an assignment from the Lord. That's where you're supposed to be. And if you do, if you'll just be faithful. Listen, I'm telling you from experience. If you'll just be faithful and stick with what God's told you to do, there may be lean times. You go through some very lean times, and you don't know how you're going to make it and all of that. We've been there, done that. But if you'll just be faithful, God will get the resources to you. How many of you know that's true? You've been through it. By experience, you have to learn this. God will get the money to you. And if there are things that God wants you to do, that you don't have the funds to do, God will get the resources to you to do it if He wants you to do it. One of the things I'll be sharing with you in a few weeks is about paying off this church mortgage. $820,000. I believe God put it on my heart. We need to pay this thing off. And here's the funny thing is, I'm not going to ask you for a dime. Yeah, I said that. I'm not going to ask you for a dime. I'm going to let God talk to you. I'm not going to ask you for a dime. All we're going to do is pray about it. We'll learn about that later on. It's a test. <laughs> you can take it with you. Would you stand up to your feet, on your feet, to your feet, above your feet, below your feet? Altar workers, would you come up here and join me? We love to pray for people. We love to minister to people. We just love people. And uh, you should feel loved when you're here. I hope so. And uh, we want to we minister to anybody here today who needs any kind of ministry. Now, the altar workers come up here. Uh, if you need to come up and talk to any one of them, feel free to do so. Prayer, your prayer workers, prayer uh, intercessors, you come up too. Come on up. Uh, if you're a little shy and you don't want to walk up here in front of people, that's okay. After we dismiss the congregation in a moment, if you'll just sit down in your seat because you want somebody to come and pray with you about something, you just be seated. They'll spot you, and they'll come over and they'll pray with you. That's how we'll do it. So... No one has to be fearful or shy about anything. This is a house of prayer. I'm going to pray. We'll dismiss the congregation. It's been great to be with you. I hope you come out on Wednesday night. We're going to talk about number seven, God's perfect number, God's math. Come back and join us. But if you need prayer for anything, stay where you are. If you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you'd like to know more about that. Or you saw people baptized today. You want to know more about that. No question is a dumb question. Just 
Stay seated. We'll come to you. We can talk. Okay. Just lift your hands and bless God right now. Just verbally begin to thank God for things you've heard, things that you're going to take to heart, things that he knows and you know now that are going to make a difference in your life and show you how to apply. Come on, verbally start to begin to voice out thanks to God and appreciation and to ask him to help you to apply what you've heard today to your life. Come on, verbally, out loud, out loud. Just speak it out, God. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. I heard something today that I didn't know. You made me think about things differently, God. Thank you for that. Thank you. Now, show me how to apply this to my life, and I will be faithful to do it with your grace. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Father, I pray that the blessing of the Lord continue on the people. They've been here today. May they leave feeling just good inside that it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being around God's people. Now, I pray they be blessed coming in and blessed going out in the name of Jesus. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for being here.